Welcome to Page It to the Limit, a podcast where we explore what it takes to run software in production successfully. We cover leading practices used in the software industry to improve both system reliability and the lives of the people supporting those systems. I'm your host, Mandy Walls. Find me at LNXCHK on Twitter. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this episode, very special episode of Pages to the Limit. On the other side of the table today, Scott McAllister. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mandy. The view from over here is really weird. (laughs) So for the folks who, who don't know, Scott left us earlier in the year. What are you doing now? What's going on? I am now a developer advocate over at Ngrok. For those who haven't heard of Ngrok, it's it's essentially a platform that allows secure access to every environment, whether it's local on your machine, in Kubernetes clusters, IoT devices. It's honestly loved by more than 6 million engineers worldwide. So isn't that crazy? It's something that I think flies under the radar in a lot of spots, but 6 million people is is a lot of people. It is a lot of people. So what's it like? Like, we have a PagerDuty, much larger company than Ngrok, and now you're you're back in startup land. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I basically am part of a team that is mm, around 70 or so. And for years, the project has been run by Alan Shreve, and it was a project that he built out while he was working at Twilio. Uh, at Twilio, he uh, was working on their webhooks, and he needed a way to be able to you know, test out those webhooks and, and to have a thing, you know, have a way for those webhooks to reach his machine. Okay. And so he built out this project that would allow him to have a destination for the webhooks to go and he could process them on his machine with his code he was writing for Twilio. And when he did that, he realized, wait, this is useful. And so he released it to the community. I don't remember if he released it open source first. I think he did. I, I think it was open source at first. And yeah, and then for years he ran, he made a company out of it and ran it himself. And it wasn't until the last couple of years, the demand of support requests and feature requests and, you know, like were coming in so much that uh, he, he had to expand the team. And so uh, he's been building out the team over the last few years. And so it's, uh, they've hit a point now where they needed developer relations and they reached out and said, Hey, Scott, we're Ngrok. I was like, Oh, I know Ngrok. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, tell us that part of the story. Like, like you knew Ngrok. I wasn't really super familiar with Ngrok until like someone else in my network had gone there not too long ago. And then you had said about it, but like you're familiar with them from before. Yeah. Yeah. I discovered them years ago. In fact, in 2019, I wrote a blog post. It was, it was my first blog post on dev.2. The only reason I wrote the blog post was because someone introduced Ngrok to me and I thought it was cool. And I thought, if I don't write this down, I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget oh, that this course. cool tool exists or how to use it. And so super simple way to just spin up your own connection to your machine. I put simple instructions on how to set up your own Python web server, real basic with a single Python command, and then point Ngrok at that Python web server. And that allowed it so that that web server could be visible to the world. And so in my case, I wanted to share my website with somebody else and without having to think about how to get it out and opening ports and firewalls oh, and things yeah. on my machine and, and, and things like that. Ngrok just allows you to do that all for you as a service 
And then you can focus on, you know, building your website rather than figuring out how to release it kind of thing. And they found you again and, and off you went. Right, right. And so now it's uh, it's a lot of folks have discovered Ngrok as that tool, as that developer yeah. tool, that, that tool that they use for the most common use case as a developer tool is the the webhooks, testing out webhooks and uh, making sure they work and they run. And they've they built out a lot of great tool sets around that. And uh, that's been fun. But then they're starting to expand out from that, from the idea that there's a lot more devices and situations where you need connectivity. And so one of them that I've been was told is uh, there's a, a coffee chain that needed access to their point of sale systems, right? Mm-hmm. So like cash registers, because they couldn't access them from corporate. And also when like DoorDash orders came in, they weren't going into the point of sale system, they were getting emailed to each of the stores. Oh my goodness. Right? So you had <laughs> all the baristas had to be sitting there looking at their email to see if they need if they needed to fulfill an online order yeah but now they have ngrok running on each of their point of sale systems doordash has a destination to send those orders and those orders go straight into the queue and then you have happy coffee customers right yeah and uh so that's something that's where ngrok is actually being used in production like in internet of things iot situations and uh, I think that's where the, the ideas are going. It all kind of stems from this idea that there's a concept going around the internet talking about self-provisioning runtimes. Okay. okay. What's that? Yeah. W- with that, there's a there's a great article that we'll put in the, the show notes where the author describes it as like, you know, you hear a lot where there's a various services, even PagerDuty, for instance. PagerDuty says, you focus on building your software, we'll focus on getting incidents to the right people at the right time. And so that way you focus on writing your business logic. And so Ngrok is essentially saying, you focus on your business logic, we'll focus on your connectivity, getting your application or getting your devices accessible in a secure way, but it's accessible to the internet. And so with self-provisioning runtimes, essentially the author was, was saying that there's, with the advancement of two different fields, there's programming languages and cloud infrastructure. As those continue to evolve and continue to progress, they're going to eventually, they think they're going to converge into a single paradigm. That kind of resonated with me because if you remember from my background at PagerDuty, I got way involved with Terraform. Yes. Infrastructure is code where you're essentially building out your infrastructure through code. Now it's a separate code base, yeah. but it's still part of your code. It's part of your, the repository where your application code sits. With Ngrok, one of the cool things that's coming around is uh, they have the original idea is is an agent that runs in the command line. You have this agent, you say Ngrok, you give it the type of protocol you want to do, and then the port. So Ngrok HTTP 80 is like the most common way to to do it. It's pointing at port 80, sitting on your machine, and then exposes that to the world. However, what if you wanted to take that and thinking of this self-provisioning runtime and move that inside of your code. So recently, we've been releasing libraries for Go, and we just released one for Rust that allows you to embed Ngrok inside your application. That way, now you can decide and you can build on the concepts of adding connectivity into your Go application, setting a domain, setting OAuth, setting IP district restrictions, all inside your application code, and then it doesn't matter where your, your application runs, where your code's running. I could have the same URL 
running on my local machine. Then when I pass the code over to AWS, GCP, running it in a data center, all those settings will be the same. Going back to that self-provisioning runtime idea, you're taking your application code, you're taking your infrastructure, you're bringing them together to where your application doesn't care where it's running. Yeah. Because it has everything already set up inside of the application. Oh, no, so that's interesting. So like, instead of like, instantiating like an, a connector class, HTTP class, and like setting all that stuff up manually, you pull an ngrok library and it has the primitives and everything else there for you. So you don't have to think about all that crazy business. Yeah. So in, in Go, the net.listener is the, mm -hmm. it's it's the way that you set up a web server essentially, or you make it listen on a certain port so okay. it can you know, be a web server. Ngrok Go, the library actually uses those same structures, that same API essentially, to where you can swap out net.listen for ngrok.listen. And now it's it exposing all your ngrok stuff or it, it's allowing ngrok to expose all your stuff. Oh, wow. When I heard about those types of ideas, taking things into production, making it so that people can, again, write their code and not have to worry about it. Those were kind of some of the things that excited me. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. Like, put it anywhere, right? Like, who knows what folks are going to come up with, especially if when you're talking about smaller devices and edge networks and Internet of Things, the stuff that is out there and has whatever basic operating system on it, but maybe not exactly what you need, you customize it. So. Yeah. One of the biggest concerns folks have, right, is security. Definitely. You know, you're opening up a hole. You're essentially yep. opening up a tunnel on whatever device is running things. And uh, the engineers have, have thought of that already, right? And so with Ngrok, now you can also incorporate OAuth like right on mm, right okay. inside your tunnel. So you can say, use Google OAuth, GitHub, Microsoft, and it pops it right in front of your application. Uh, that way, again, it's using that uh, to keep things uh, safe, secure. You can restrict things to the domain. Uh, that way, the only certain domains can come through that OAuth, that type of thing. Oh, nice. Uh, you can also have open ID and, and things like that. Uh, uh, things that I've, I've been exploring, honestly, because right, I've been here a few weeks. And yeah. so still learning all this stuff. And uh, but it's it's super intuitive how if I wanted things in my application that deal with connectivity, they're all going to be sitting in there. Awesome. Super interesting. Some of those primitive connector libraries, depending on the languages that you're using, are like really obtuse. And you're just like, you didn't have to be this pedantic about any of this stuff. Like it, it could be nicer. It could totally. Be slick, but totally. Interesting story on that note, actually, when we released the Ngrok Go library, within the same day, someone else had created an additional library that went off of it for, and it's a, it's something I'm not as familiar with. I think it's called Caddy. Something, I think it's a Caddy connector that that uh, helps you with uh, connecting with Kubernetes, I believe. Oh, wow. And okay. We're going to have to put show note corrections to my- Yeah, we might have to. Uh, I'm totally saying the wrong thing. Full annotation here. <laughs> right. But they were able to do that within a day because the API design on that Go library was was clean enough and made sense enough that it allowed them to, to be able to add that functionality into something that a lot of the communities are already using. Community, the Kubernetes community, as we all know, is, is gigantic, right? Like yeah. It is taking the world by storm. And it's nice to be able to integrate in with what people are already using, giving them tools that they're already used to. And yes. uh with that Go library, actually, we're 
developing a Kubernetes ingress controller for ingress. Okay. It's going to be coming out hopefully and probably before this show goes live, I think. Oh, I'm not, wow. I don't, okay. I haven't been given an exact date, but uh, essentially allows you to do ingress inside of a Kubernetes ingress oh, okay. uh, statement. And so the thought there, and it's, this is hard to explain when you don't have a screen in front of you, but, but imagine like, an ingress configuration inside of your Kubernetes, you have, yes, with ingress, with, uh, you can spin up a single tunnel or a single connection in the command line, but what if you have multiple things that you wanna expose? So you wanna have a certain section of your application that the public sees that's mm -hmm. not behind any OAuth, but then you have another section that is behind OAuth. And so you wanna have like your admin section and then also your public section you can configure both of those inside of your Kubernetes ingress definition oh, there okay. and then have those routed, you know, the, those different endpoints routed to those tunnels. And so I can say for the admin section, you're going to route to this spot and you're going to go through OAuth and then you can get into that whole section. But for the, you know, just for the, the home section or whatever, the general section, that's not going to have to go through OAuth. You can start thinking about your applications getting more and more and more complex and you can have more and more and more connections because you will, because your applications are applications all increase in complexity as, as we build out different features. Okay. Cool. So how's this been different from you? Like for you, like you're in a place where things are growing in a little bit different direction than say PagerDuty, which has been around 13 years and pretty established project with the Terraform provider. You're off, uh, paving to new roads there. Yeah. PagerDuty was great in the sense, I mean, PagerDuty is great, period, right? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that, that sentence with a period there. And it's, it's a place where there's enough people that everyone has their defined role and you kind of have mm -hmm. your defined areas and everyone has their boundaries and everyone knows how the, the process works. When you're on a team of 70, it's, it's, a, it's a much smaller boat. Definitely. Right? Everybody's chipping in on yeah. everything, basically. And what's great is everyone I've met so far, which is basically everybody, has been amazing. And awesome. so it's like they're they're just like great people. And so when you as you get to know people, you know, when everybody interviews, when I interviewed at PagerDuty, I'll be perfectly honest. So uh, what was it, four years ago that mm -hmm. I, I joined PagerDuty? I barely knew of PagerDuty. I kind of knew of them because my previous company was a customer. I figured I would talk to them and see what they had to say. The more I kept talking to them, the people I met, the, I realized I wanted to work with these people. I mm -hmm. could learn from these people. And so when I had the offer to work at PagerDuty, I took it because I knew I could learn from those people and I could grow and I could become a better employee, a better worker, a better developer advocate, understanding technology better, understanding how I could be a better speaker. All those things were things that were important to me at that time. And they were important to me again with Engrok. When Engrok approached me, mm -hmm. I wanted to know, one of the things I look for is, can I work with these people and can I learn yeah. from these people? Essentially, as I got to know the people, uh, I got excited because I, I knew mm -hmm. I could learn from the people here. And then also because I had experience from three years ago, four, yeah. years, out, four years ago on using Engrok, wrote that blog post four years ago. And I was like, you know, this is a pretty rad train to jump on. So I, yeah. I was going to jump on that train. And so I, I enjoy being in a situation where, you know, we're, we're all learning. Everyone's learning. Everyone's 
new. I was at an offsite when I first joined. It was my first week actually was an offsite. And they they had everybody stand up who hadn't been to a previous offsite. Oh wow. Right? Okay. And like 90% of the room stood up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or at least or more than half. And so it was it was a lot of people, a lot of yeah. a lot of new people. But it's great, honestly. The just uh getting to know the different teams and uh understanding how we can help each other, you know, succeed at a thing is is fun. Cool. What are you most looking forward to for like your first year at Engra? See, I, I think I'm most looking forward to seeing how people can take the idea mm-hmm. of connectivity as a service, ingress as a service, as as we call it, and go directions that we weren't anticipating. I love seeing use cases of products where people decided that, hey, I, I like this idea, but I want to go this way with it. And uh, so I, I want to see where, where folks where folks take it. Yeah, it's nice to have a, a project that you're working on that inspires creativity in other people. And like working on tools is is a lot more like that. Like it's a tool, like you can build a whole bunch of things using a screwdriver. Like, and if I build the screwdriver, I don't know what you're going to do with it. And that that's that gets super interesting to see what people end up doing. So, yeah. yeah, I love working in the in the developer space where we... You know, we, we talk about, I, I explained it the same way at PagerDuty as I do at Engrock. We're essentially the ones selling the shovels, right? Like to see what other people build with us and build uh, with our product, with our service, with our tool. And it's it's fascinating to see the creativity mm-hmm. of folks. That's that's what the fun part about being in developer relations too. Yes. As, as a dev advocate, I, I always see us as teachers. We're the ones going around talking about various topics, whether it's a the product that we're representing or a service around the product that we're representing. But when you're there, when you're talking to folks and it's, I love it more in person because you yeah. can see it, you can see it in their face and say like, they just realized what this was, or they just saw the value of the thing that I'm talking about. I talk about Terraform a lot, right? You know that. Of course. <laughs> to some audiences, it's a, it's a topic that's been around for a while and it's been done mm-hmm. to other audiences. They're brand new to it. And so it, yeah. it's, we all have these things that we're learning as we continue to progress and no one knows all the things about all the things. I've said that on this podcast before. And so that's why we all need to keep teaching each other and helping each other because my expertise is different than your expertise, which is different than someone else's expertise. Yeah. And so I I love sharing that with folks. I love, that's what I love about being a developer advocate. And so it's fun doing that with fun people. Uh, and I had fun people at PagerDuty, fun people at Engrock, and cool projects at both. And so it, it's just a good time all around. Yeah. Are you missing out on Terraform? Uh, so I might be giving away the ending, but no, I'm actually going to be <laughs> jumping in on their Terraform provider. Oh, 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 oh no. You get pulled back in, man. It's uh, <laughs> actually, and the way they're doing their Terraform provider is pretty cool. Oh. And so I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep those details on the down low. For okay. The all right. All but right. I, I hope to create some content around that because we use some different technologies for building out our SDKs and building out the Terraform provider oh. that do it automatically off of the API. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm still actually today, one of the things I was doing today was still building out my development environment. Uh, with with Engrock and trying to understand the code base and how I run it on my machine, and so you'd think with such a you know simple application and it's a com- essentially a command line application 
that the code base wouldn't be very big, but it's pretty big. Networking is wild. So yeah, it is. It is. So we'll, we'll be hopefully seeing some things soon uh, about uh, uh, the Terraform provider at Engrok and some improvements, but also just how we do things over there. Cause I think it's super fascinating. It's stuff that I haven't seen before. Uh, and so if it's new to me, it's gotta be new to other people too. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for that and maybe improve what we're doing over here as well. So, yeah, you know, I happy to share. I'd, I'd love to share with you and uh, Jose and, and anyone else who's interested. So yeah, that would be a whole nother cool conversation to just Absolutely. swap ideas. We should swap ideas on air somewhere and just be like, oh, yeah. you know, like, this is what we're doing. What are you doing? Kind of thing. And, and just having everybody kind of watch us share ideas. That'd be kind yeah. of cool. Watch this space. We'll put that together sometime soon. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be super fun. Sweet. So what else have you got going on? Where are you? Are you going anywhere? Doing any in-person stuff now that in-person is really back? In-person is back, back. Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, my schedule's pretty, pretty full actually. I'll be, uh, I'll be at Dev Nexus, but I think that's probably going to be before this releases. Okay. Uh, and then KubeCon in, in Amsterdam. Oh, nice. We'll be out there. Uh, hopefully talking about our, our uh, ingress controller. All and, right. uh, and then let's see. Stir Trek. I'll be at Stir Trek in Columbus. That'll be a, that's a fun, that's a fun event for, for folks who are in the Columbus area. Uh, Stir Trek, I'd highly recommend it. From what I hear, I've never been, I've only heard stories. Okay. And, uh, but it's essentially at a movie theater where they have a conference during the day. And then at night after the conference, they let everybody watch a premiere of some movie that's coming out. No, oh, that's pretty wild. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. And then after that, I'll be at Jay and the beach in Malaga, Spain. So yeah, I I've heard only good things about Malaga. Plus you should go to their website and see what they did to my bio. These people are my people. They are so my people. I list in my speaker bio, I list all the sports teams that I like. Okay. And so I listed my soccer teams that I like. And one of them is Borussia Dortmund, which is out of Germany. I like them because they like, they like uh, signing young American players. And so I okay. Them, right? I didn't think much of it, but they took my bio and they scratched out Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> and then they put a note underneath my bio that says, note, as ardent supporters of Malaga CF, we cannot support anyone supporting <laughs> I think, in fact didn't they change the name of the team yeah they Is did instead of Borussia, like they, they have it yeah. Robusha yeah. Them rubbish. Oh, that, that's amazing uh and I, I I responded on Twitter and I was like these are absolutely my people now I have to wear a Dortmund shirt at the conference you do <laughs> and they responded with yeah try it <laughs> <laughs> like you turn it inside out it's like wearing something naughty to school when you're a kid they're going to be like, no, sir, you can't come in with no, that. Sorry, your your dad gave you that shirt that he picked up at a truck stop, but you cannot wear it to school. But, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. No, that's absolutely hysterical. We'll put those in the show notes so folks know what we're laughing about. But, yeah, that is yeah. that is pretty amazing. And, yeah, Malaga is is delightful. We'll say that I've for heard. sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if there's, is there anything else you'd like to share with folks if they're interested, where can they find out more about Engrock or any of that good stuff there? Yeah, engrock.com is where you find us uh, on the internet. Uh, and then uh, we have a, a lot of 
various integrations. Honestly, how we tie into PagerDuty, we actually tie into PagerDuty. That means you have to come on the Twitch stream and show that off at some point. So, right. okay. Right. And so we actually have a, so because folks use us for webhooks and webhook validation, they use us for webhook testing. We do webhook validation. We, we okay. can verify that a webhook is coming from a service, right? Because webhooks, if you think about it, are basically just messages coming from anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's basically saying, an application saying, okay, as long as you have my address, I think you're coming from here. And so people are starting to add things to their webhooks, right? Headers that say, okay, no, this really is coming from PagerDuty or this really is yeah. coming from GitHub. And so Ingrok has a variety of services that they have webhook verification for, PagerDuty one of them and, and uh, GitHub and others that I don't remember. We'll list those in the show notes as well. Okay. Uh, but essentially it makes it so that it, it makes your webhooks a lot more secure. So Absolutely. You know, yeah, we'll you know that it's actually spoofing. coming yeah. from them rather than just a, a, you know, a person in the middle kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. No, yeah. Yeah. That one's super, cool. that one's something that, that works really well if we, if we uh, get on Twitch. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely get on Twitch and show, show off some things, especially with, uh, with PagerDuty for sure. Yeah. Excellent. Looking forward to that. We'll just keep the calendar full here, you know, just keep it going. So, all right, dude, it's been great to catch up with you. You know, it's been, it's been Always lonely without you. We are still uh, hiring for folks out there. We have several open positions. We had to replace Scott with three people basically uh, is how that's going to work. Uh, we have positions open in a couple of places. You can check out pagery.com slash careers. There. So we wish you all the best luck and success with, with your new job. And you're always welcome back to talk more. So thanks, Banny. It was a pleasure and uh, a joy to, to be on this show, uh, to be a host with you, but also to be a guest. So thank you. Awesome. Love to hear it. Thanks for coming back. All right, folks, that's it for this week. We'll wish everyone else an uneventful day and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. That does it for another installment of Pager to the Limit. We'd like to thank our sponsor, PagerDuty, for making this podcast possible. Remember to subscribe to this podcast if you like what you've heard. You can find our show notes at pageittothelimit.com and you can reach us on Twitter at pageittothelimit using the number two. Thank you so much for joining us and remember, uneventful days are beautiful days. <laughs>